Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation from around the world, you're listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Jets Podcast. And I think just that fact alone has really helped open up the offense. On the move. A lot of time. Directing traffic. Gonna go deep. Has a man deep. It is caught for the touchdown. Corey Davis. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break. Two of throwing the sideline and it's picked to the end zone. Touchdown, Brandon Eccles. Launching. Yes, sir. Let's go, man. We're a good football team. And now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the good, the bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and as always, alongside me is Spencer Klein. Spence, we are recording this, what, on Saturday, Saturday, 29th. We're one week away from the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl in Alabama. The Jets have the opportunity to coach one of the teams along with the Lions this year. So today we'll be talking about the Senior Bowl, some prospects and players we'd like to highlight players we hope the Jets can draft eventually and I know uh, since I have nothing to do next week I will be watching it as well what are your plans are you watching the senior bowl too I definitely intend to check out some of it at least I I've looked I've watched it a little bit over the years it's just like it's still like the game itself is like just interesting because it's guys just have never played together mostly and you're just asking them to get together on on the field for a game after like I think it's like whatever a week of practicing yeah <laughs> more like it's more for the coaches during the week to just get to know and, and see what these players are able to do in, in those type of sessions but yeah I mean it's it's still just an interesting game to watch definitely we'll we'll check some of it out and hopefully the ones that we hope they're interested in produce and look <laughs> Well, I guess I guess I hope they don't so that they can just get them at whenever they want <laughs> at the same time I hope they have a terrible senior bowl, but a really good week of practice. How yeah, about... I'll twist that around, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the Jets roster is pretty stacked. We were just talking about it before. Before we, we dive into it, was there anything big that happened in Jets Nation this week? I don't I think, think nothing at all. It's been pretty, pretty For... quiet. After the Super Bowl, things will start to, to heat up, like, whether there's trades and things like that. Like, deals can go down before the league year. But nothing oh, sorry, before the new league year the, starts, but nothing has happened the really Jets, since. They they signed that tight end guy, right? The CFL player, was he? They, yeah, they worked out true. They they worked out that CFL tight end. They actually they, they did sign a safety to the roster. So Joe's done at yeah. that position for the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more Marcus Williams. <laughs> Correct. It's it's over now. All set. I did have to right. bring this up because it's a controversial topic. I did see Jets Twitter talking about this, about Darrell Revis this week. And it's a, kind of a hot topic because you hate Revis and I like Revis. So I know people were going back and forth on uh, Jets Twitter about that. But that's kind of being, it's not news, but something to stir up fans. I think he is a Jet great, but obviously you have different opinions there. 
it's his own choice and fault <laughs> that he chose to one to go and go win with the, a Super Bowl with the Pats. That's that's on him. Great player, one of the best Jets of all time. But because of that, you're not Ring of Honor worthy for me. You you chose to go do that. Nothing wrong with that. Don't blame the player for making that decision. But you then you just don't get to the Jets Ring of Honor if it's me. That's all. Yeah, but it, what... I'm not making the decision anyway. <laughs> but. <laughs> He's lost me for go, going to win with Brady in the Pats. Can't, can't get me back from that. But he did get traded originally. It's not like he chose to leave, like, LeBron or... His free agency or, or, or he chose. Darius. But then, yeah, I agree. The trade... If he went with the Bucs... He would still deserve to be Jeff during Ivana. After that, it's his own choice to go in with the Pats. That's I, KD. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I I do think you're in the minority though, of Jets. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my my buddies who agree with that. I'll, I'll go find them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to All right. them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll go right into the Senior Bowl stuff because I think I I don't really care much about the Senior Bowl. Like in previous years, I didn't really care for it, but now that the Jets are in it, obviously I'm interested in it. And it's a it's a pretty cool concept. It's basically like a pickup game of all these good prospects. And I think you have to be invited to it. Not sure what the qualifications are, but obviously you're not going to see like the stud guys there, like an Evan Neal or or Kyle Hamilton. But you do have all the top quarterbacks there, and I think we're both hoping that the Lions and Jets can make at least one or two of them stand out where teams would want to trade up for them. Maybe Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Malik Willis. I mean, no one's the number one de facto QB in the class, but if someone peaks like what Denver's interest maybe or, or Washington, we could see a, a trade down from four, which would be beneficial. I, I know I've teased it with you, but I, I... You think it would be a smart strategy? Well, I, mean, I would hope they think it's going to just talk glowingly about all the quarterbacks they're working with there in the week, and not against Zach. It's of course to, to make the <laughs> trade scenarios get a get a little bump as well. You know, <laughs> and yeah, everyone's just gonna, other teams are not going to. Uh, well, eh, teams could fall for poker faces. I don't know. I can't speak for them. You know, so that would be a every- wise strategy if it were me. Everyone will freak out if they talk highly about these quarterbacks. Oh my God, they're going to draft one and trade. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. Kenny Pickett could be a good ball player. I'm, I'm not, that's all I'll say. Well, let's look at let's look at the Jets team, and I have the roster pulled up. I don't know if you do, but yep, they just pulled it up as well. Yeah, th- so there's a lot of guys that pique my interest on this team. Who is the top guy. I I think I know your answer, but who's who's the top guy on this team that you would like the Jets to focus on? And Is you, this of any any position group you were referring to? I I think I know your answer, but yes, anyone on the team who's like your star guy to look for. It's going to be Dotson. <laughs> oh wow! If, if that's who you were thinking that I was thinking. No, I thought you were going to say I, who? Say it again. I thought you were going to say McBride. Oh, yeah, I mean, actually, I, I did forget. Let me tweak that. <laughs> I am going to change that to Trey McBride. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it's my draft crush, no doubt about that. I actually I just skipped over his name while I was initially thinking of my response there. But, yeah, look, still wanted to heavily address it in for agency, the tight end uh, position group. But there's so many options in this draft. And just like McBride just looks like he's going to be a very good next-level player. Like, I love a red, just, of course, people are going to have tons of random opinions, but I love just comparisons to, like, could he become a Mark Andrews? Like, we'd love that. Obviously, we would all accept, we would accept it less than that. But he just seems like he's just going to take off in the league. Like, he was terrific this year. 90 catches for 1,100 yards. He's a good blocker. Is that describe what the Jets need? Like, that's, I mean, every team is going to ask for that. It just seems like a perfect, they have the need and just the fit seems like it would just fit perfectly well. That that would be my one of the class. Yes. Thank you for correcting me. I did forget that. But, but Dotson, I'll give a little push too. Like, yeah. They're going to be in the wide receiver discussion. We're going to have a ton of more discussion about that, of course, over the off-season pod episodes. But again, depending on how it all plays out and trades, free agency, maybe round one, like, Dotson would be like my one B. I think even ahead of the other tight ends, like I want them to to get to know him. I definitely think he could be electric at the next level as well. It's a little small, but just someone who looks. I just have the feel. You put him in an NFL system with the right team, he could be a a significant weapon and just be be terrific. Honestly, I mean, it's a great wide receiver class again. This kind of reminds me and. I would go back to the Devontae year where that class, we just, there were so many names that year. I kind of feel it, it's, it's similar to that this year where there's about six to eight names that could end up being very quality NFL wide receivers. So McBride is, is my uh, singular answer, but a little push for Dotson there, though, too. Yeah, I was going to say like the 2014 class, like Evans, uh, who was there yep, back. Exactly. That, that exactly. Class. But I. I'm going to take not the easy route that you are, you're going to go to. And we, I mean, we both like this player, too. I want them to focus on the Penn State edge rusher, Arnold. I'm going to butcher this last name. Ebby Kete. He's, yeah. like, he just produced a, an, an, another good Penn State guy. He just produced very well as an edge rusher. And for some reason, he's, like, dropping down on the board he was like a high second round pick but now i see him dropping to the lower second round maybe third round and if for some reason the jets don't address edge and free agency or the first round i think he would be a a solid day two pick and out of the other edge rushers i mean Majay sanders is also there but i'm not really sold on him he's more of a developmental project but I, i think they should look at the defensive players and and we let's go right into the linebacking crew also because their linebackers that they have are are very good. They have three guys who I love: Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, and Brian Asamoa the second. If they can leave the draft one with one of those three, I think that'd be huge too. I keep seeing a lot of people pegging Muma to the Jets. I can't say I know much about him, but a lot of the I think the comments that I've seen have been like. Seems like the perfect here for the Jets, the solid type of player that he would find in the mid round. So, like, I, I want to learn more about him. I think that's that's one for me. I want. I mean, again, like I was saying, it's not going to all come down to the little game. 
but like I want to I want to learn more about Muma as the process comes along because I, I feel like that could could be something that turns into reality. And, and I, yeah, Lloyd, like Lloyd, we all I know we both like him. Certainly would would love them to get to know him as well. <laughs> I saw a, a scouting report about Muma that he's probably the safest day two player. He's just going to be like a, a solid. He's not going to be like CJ Mosley all pro, but he'll be very solid, and that's really all they need. I feel like is he honestly? I don't know his his draft projection. Is he like an expect? Can he go round three? Like, could they use their third round selection on him? They could. It might be risky waiting that long. Interesting. I, yeah. Ideally, he would probably be like a late second rounder. I think. Okay. Fair like, enough. I mean, that's look. They if, could move up even where their third round yeah. pick is. Like, jump if, up a couple spots. From what I've seen, if they take him with one of the first two second rounders that they have, I think that'd be a reach. Because Asamoa might will also be there, and he's probably the same tier as Muma, maybe a little lower, but they can definitely get one of those two in the late second, early thirds. I, I don't think Lloyd will fall into the second, so he's a first-round pick, but I think Muma and Asamoa are two guys that should be on just radars, just fans' radars. Yeah. I like it. It's definitely a position we, we've talked about that they, they need to address and not be comfortable with. I know I'm a little concerned. I think, I don't recall if we mentioned on the pod, but I know on the side we have, like, there was a question to Connor Hughes on the athletic, like, on the little, um, there's like a Q&A section. They asked him about the linebacker group and Quincy and his response was this, this, from his perspective, I guess, and the information that they're co- they're pretty comfortable with the linebacker group and Quincy. I don't like that. So <laughs> I'm hoping that's not the case and they address that. Honestly, they could address that in both through its free agency and the draft. And this is a perfect opportunity with the group they're going to be working with. You can't you can't depend on anyone that they have outside of Mosey. You can and, like some of the ones that they have, but you can't depend on them. There's a difference there. And on the, on the Lions roster, one of my favorite players, Quay Walker, linebacker, who could probably also be a second or third round pick. So, and I think you said it before that they'll have the opportunity to practice with both teams, right? Yeah, I think they, I mean, they mix up the rosters when they're doing all the practice. It's just really more for the game that, like, you're on one side or the other. I yep. guess, like, yeah, when you're doing some more, like, game specific things, you're going to be with your, 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 your Lions and Jets team. But, yeah, they're not going to, like, not get the chance to see. And same with the Lions, they're not going to not get the chance to see some of the players that are on the opposing senior bowl roster. And another opposing player who I've told you about, I've been kind of raving over him is Leon O'Neill Jr. He is a safety from Texas A&M. He's on the Lions roster. He's basically Landry <laughs> in the secondary. And he'll probably be a late second, early third round pick. And obviously safety is a, a big issue for the Jets. So I'm hoping they take a look at him also. I know he's on the older side as a redshirt senior, so I think he's 23 or 24, but mm-hmm. he's uh, an interesting name to to look at when you're looking at that Lions roster. Yeah, and I hope they're studying that spot well throughout the upcoming week because it's definitely, as you said, an area they need to address. I'm laughing because they literally <laughs> could tear down the entire group if they chose to and, and, and bring in four to five new safeties. I don't think they're going to do that, but they definitely could if they wanted to, because none of them are keeper worthy, except Jason Pinnock, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I, I don't really think the Jets have a good defensive back group. The only two names I know are cornerbacks, Kobe Bryant from Cincy, who can probably be a, a solid role player, kind of like an Eccles role, like CB3, CB4, if the Jets do draft him. And then Tariq Castro-Fields, he's a day three pick. He would be kind of like a depth depth addition in, in the corner room. But I don't know. I, I really don't think they're going to target corner heavily in the draft. and not really expecting much from this DB class. I know. think my oh, – sorry, go ahead. Finish up. Not, <laughs> not usually me jumping in over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not expecting, like, much action uh, or, like, people talking about this DB group on the Jets team because I don't think any of them really are, are good targets. The only DB that I could see targeted – is really Leon O'Neill, who's on the Lions roster, and maybe cornerback Roger McCreary from Auburn if they do decide to go with a high cornerback pick. Yeah, I was saying my kind of I don't know if it's even a hot take, but my prediction is they don't leave with any corner, any sorry, any D back from either Lions or Jets senior bowl roster. I think they'll, like you said, I think they might address that in other ways. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot. No, I, I, it's my, well, my preference is better in free agencies but also um adding to my thought there but i just i just agree with you i don't know if they're really gonna attack a spot like this with another like just just mid-round i, I don't know it's not it's just not the route i ultimately think the go so i will stick to that early prediction they leave with no one from this group from this game from either team yeah and if that's wrong totally fine <laughs> if it's a good player yeah like, like i said the only guy that I would hope they target is Leon O'Neal Jr. Uh, but other than that, don't really care for anyone else in the DB group. The one group that I think we both are hoping they leave with, besides tight end, is the running back room. Because I think there's some solid running backs on both teams that we both like. The Jets have one of our favorite running backs, Hassan Haskins from Michigan. And they also have Rashad White, who I don't know if you know much about him, but I think he'll uh, be a solid like fourth-round pick who can be a, a good spell to Carter. So opportunity to look at the running backs. And, and then Lions also have Brian Robinson Jr., who I love yeah. a lot, too, as a, as a nice power back. And I also forgot the, uh, the Jets have Tyler Batty from Missouri, who could also be a, a solid sleeper. So... I think the the running backs could be a, an interesting one to watch. See if they leave with any of these guys. Yeah, and another one I would just mention because I, I, I saw this in a mock draft for like a little a, a Jets only mock draft. Jerome Ford from Cincinnati is on their Senior Bowl roster. Basically He's a- handled the bell cow role for Cincinnati. I think that a I mean extremely productive year. He'd be another interesting potential look to add, or and a player to add to pair with Carter. I mean, they really, really worked out with the group that they, they are ending up with with the senior ball. Again, I, hope they get to know them very well. I actually don't know anything about Ford. Do you know where he was supposed to go? Like, what pick? Round, I think it was a very late round pick. I guess with their fifth. I think it was their last, fourth or fifth. I saw it with the end of their selection, this Jets only mock. I mean, just looking at it, I mean, I guess, the as always, Boxer doesn't tell at all, but of course, it's going to hype him up when you look at his production this year, 1,300 rushing yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. 
clearly produced. Uh, his he has some size, and I mean that's that's what you'd want to pair, I think, with the Michael Carter. But yeah, I like the other ones too. I'm not gonna say he's my first pick, but I mean I I would want Hassan Haskins. I think he'd be the great one to pair. Yeah, or a Sawan to pair. Let's not say he's great. Uh, I'll I'll relax there. <laughs> I like would just be a nice addition to to have with Carter. They're gonna have their options. They. Any of them probably with a good chunk of option with one of their fifth with sorry with their fifth rounder or one of their fourth rounders or certainly can go the veteran route in free agency. Like I'm not going to be only scenario I'm disappointed is if they add none and, and, and totally run it back with the same group. That's really the only unacceptable scenario. Actually, sorry one one other point on uh, Jerome Ford. I know I'm rambling, and then I'll turn it back to you. He actually was at Alabama and transferred to Cincy as of 2020. So not that that makes him any better, but <laughs> I just did not know that about him. So I thought it'd be a little interesting thing to to plug. I know we we know people like Alabama prospects. <laughs> They're always Al- going to be attracted to that. Alabama running backs are amazing. So it, yeah, you, really to be a running back at Bama, you're usually pretty good. That's why I love Brian Robinson when he rushed for what 200 yards against Cincinnati. That kind of sold me. Plus, he's really big. I think he's six foot or six one, and like yep. two twenty two twenty five. So that's the type of back they need to pair with Carter. It's uh, it's not to say I'll be disappointed if they get someone like James Cook, who's smaller, elusive, basically kind of like Michael Carter. I'm not going to be mad if they add talent, but he he's on uh, the Lions roster. James Cook, younger brother of Dalvin, so. He, I'm sure he'll be a, a name that people are watching, but I would definitely rather some kind of power back that they. I, I like the comparison you said recently. They need to find their Chris Ivory type to pair with Michael Carter. Simply, yeah, because I mean Carter, you don't need two Michael Carters. That's why, like, like I said, James Cook don't really need him. They they definitely need that power back to come in on third and one, third and two, and get those two or three yards because they haven't had a back like that since Ivory, really. Yeah, I mean, I know I guess another team I'm thinking of, like, if it's, if we're thinking of Ivory, I'd be thinking of the Saints, like, do you need a duel, like, of Kamara Ingram. Not saying they're both going to be as good, but, like, Kamara, uh, Carter is your Kamara type. Go find someone who's that bigger bruiser type in the Ingram type. Have a duel like that, and that's that's a recipe for success. I, I, would, I would feel good about that. <laughs> So that's that's an, they they need to answer that one, and you get get the answer there because I don't think Kevin Coleman or Ty Johnson is is that answer there. And I do like Kevin Coleman after this year. Honestly, produced I wouldn't mind him back for a role, but that's it, it is something they have to address this year, this offseason. Got to add another another player to the running back room. Yeah, and they have two fifth rounders. Do they have two fourth rounders also? I thought maybe I'm ex- I thought it was t- one fifth and two fourths from the Herndon trade and then their own fourth. Well, they have Pittsburgh's fifth from the Williamson trade, right? Yeah, I think so. I actually don't remember where it came from. <laughs> I just know. Hold on. I'm going to, I'll confirm it right now. Because, we, all right, let's say they have three picks on day three. Even with three picks, they can take one running back out of those three. When I'm confused. Oh, okay. actually, I think, I think they have two fifths and two fourths. So I, I said that wrong. Yeah, that's initially. fair. Yeah, okay. So I gave them one less pick at first. They get another one back. <laughs> they have four picks on day three, then. 
Yes. So yeah, t- take a running back with one of those, and I'm happy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the line that I'm gonna say a lot. It's not that hard. Like, <laughs> no reason to make it overly difficult for yourself and like head into the year with with holes that you could have easily addressed. It's not that hard to go select hey, one. From what we've seen, Douglas makes things hard on himself. Well, like he, he here's a point I would make. Like, I'm gonna like, if you're gonna just get another interior d-line death piece is one of those fourth or with one of those fifths like you don't need to do that i'd rather you select a skill player if you here let me rephrase like if you're not going to address it anywhere else then take your skill player there your extra skill player there sorry don't just like add another extra interior d-line we don't need you You have jonathan marshall now to probably fill a role next year we laughed last year <laughs> but he's probably gonna slide into one of those death rolls fine you, you did it last you don't need to get another you take your your late round running back in that spot your yeah, late round wide out gadget player i or your anything like that just someone who could be this has the potential just to like score points that's all i'm asking for just someone who can score points yeah because ideally jfm goes back into the interior defense line so you have him Quinn, and rankins and then you have marshall so that that should be fine like yeah i, I I, I wouldn't hate adding like offensive line depth instead also. Yeah, that, that I'd be fine with that too. I'll I'll extend that. And speaking of offensive line depth, the Jets do have one of my favorite interior offensive linemen in the draft in Zion Johnson from Boston College. He is supposed to be a second round pick, it looks like. And I mean offensive line's been a hot topic with with both of us, and I mean, all the Jets, whether it kind of depends what they do at four, but if they don't take an offensive tackle who would move to guard, like Neil or uh, the guy from NC State, I'm forgetting his name, I think Zion Johnson would be a solid day two target for them. Yeah, I'm on board. It just totally depends on how they go about addressing this all. Like, I think you... I know my initial thought is you still could find your veteran guard, your veteran right guard in free agency. I think you'd be fine to pass on O-line in round one. And then, okay, then fine. I would certainly take Zion Johnson round two because I don't know. You could shuffle things around. It might not be your your set line. And and death is is good. (laughs) No doubt about that. But, like, if let's say they don't address in free agency and they're heading into the draft with, I think we'd all be nervous but with no addition that could really start at right guard then like yes some of those big names come into play probably at four again for me and then then maybe you're not even thinking about a zion johnson and in like early round two it it is just a lot of potential scenarios that could play out there but i wouldn't be opposed if you want to like if they really (laughs) and we don't want joe needs to spend this also but if he went with like a a veteran who's not like a a clear starter with someone who can compete and then you took Zion Johnson round two and then you had them compete. All right. I would accept that, I guess. Like I wouldn't be thrilled, but like if you're going to have someone who's at least capable from one of those, or here, here's the name. If it's like LDT versus Zion Johnson in camp, that that's the perfect example. Like if it's something like that, I would be okay with it. It's like a, a Van Roten type competing with Zion Johnson. And well, then just, so let your round two guard then start. Like that's that's the scenario I'm thinking about. I'm I'm more open to a round one lineman just because 
after watching these playoff games, the goal is to score lots of points. And if if you're going to take your wide out at ten, you said you rather you not. You said you well, you said you don't want if they actually take if they're going to actually take Kyle Hamilton or a Stingley at four. I don't want that to happen. So I've, I've yes, I've opened up more on that one. Like it's O line edge wide out in round one. I'm disappointed if, if with with where they're currently sitting. I'm disappointed if it's not any of those scenarios at this point. You you wouldn't want a linebacker like Lloyd or Dean. I am now thinking ten is a little just unnecessary to do that. Yes, it's not happening at four. <laughs> I think we'll all agree to that. I think it would be on the, if they slid back, they're going to trade back. I think that can come back to the table then. But I think 10 would maybe be a little too early to, to do it. I'm, I'm thinking of that. I, at that point, like if you're giving me the hypothetical of uh, the NC State tackle or cross at four and then like Garrett Wilson or, or Burks at 10 instead of like, I, I don't think they would take either the wideouts at four than take a linebacker at 10 then. Then I want uh, I want my option A there because like I if they were to do like one of the tackles at four and then I guess the linebackers at ten like and like or the well if they <laughs> the two snares that I would be very uncomfortable with the ta- lineman at four linebacker at ten or edge at four linebacker at ten and you didn't touch offense that's why I'm more open now I'm just thinking like we got to score tons of points <laughs> they they need to score tons of points. If, and I, I think they can address O-line other ways, but if you want to go this route and take an early lineman or a target at round two, go do it because that's what it's about at the end of the day. I, not that many teams have three first-round linemen, but is it a bad thing? No, it's not. So that's that's where I've, I've, I've opened up more there, and I'm, I'm accepting it if it happens. It's not a bad thing, but like having three first-rounders on your offensive line is a little rich. For me, I'm thinking like ahead of the ahead of the game too. Like, let's say they're all really good in a couple of years. Obviously, a good thing. Are you paying all three like massive contracts? Like, no teams find cheap right guards. Like, you don't need to. Sorry, teams find like one cheap guard, and you could overpay for one. You paying three would be like a little wild down the road. Well, it's I- really getting ahead, but like that, it's a scenario that could happen if they all turn out to be great. I mean, don't forget, ABT's on this rookie deal for, for four more years. So it's, Yeah, they have time. They definitely have time. And I, I think the guard class is actually like not terrible. There's two guards that I like on the Lions roster, Ed Ingram from LSU and Cade Mays from Tennessee. Cade Mays can also play center, I believe. So I, I feel like Joe's not going to pay a right guard a lot of money. And there's not really a right guard to command that much unless you go after Brandon Sheriff. So I I think I'd like a day two pick for guard is definitely on the table. But I, it, it's, t- it's really tough to say because no one knows what they're going to do at four. Whatever they do at four shapes the whole draft. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really like we got to see what happens in free agency that will definitely change thoughts along the way. Like we were, because as of right now, like everything needs to be, how needs to be added everywhere and a lot needs to be replaced. <laughs> so like, there's just so many hypotheticals on the table and like until, until we see what they initially do. And then like you just said, what they do it for, then you can really have much better ideas of where they may 
stoic, maybe Zion Johnson is the one in round two, no doubt about it, or some of these other names you're referring to that I don't know as much about yet. Like maybe those come into play with a, a selection. It's it's a good scenario to have that you have well, good scenario that you hope they have for the last time. Yeah. <laughs> This year, but it's a good scenario to have in in, in off season when they need to fill the holes and the the assets are there. So, yeah, it's it's get so, to know them. <laughs> it's it's so tough to guess what they're going to do with before free agency. Like all these mock drafts, we're going to do a mock draft episode next week. But all these mock drafts mean nothing really until free agency happens. And like we can well, talk. This is, about- no, like, this is a big week for them to get to know these guys before free agency too. That is definitely a little bit of a. More than a little bit, like it's a unique opportunity. It's like that can play in their hands, whether where maybe either they're blown away with Zion Johnson, they're like, forget it, we're not going to spend on right guard and free agency. We're going to, I mean, I don't think they would move up, but like that we'll sit, we'll sit steady and just wait to get our guy in round two, kind of thing. Like that's where this could be. It's, look, it's like an unofficial asset. It's it's just a, a knowledgeable or a week to gain knowledge asset. Like that, that's. It's good. Obviously, a good thing for them. So, Well, yeah, because I mean, we saw that last year. They didn't spend much money on the offensive line and then trade it up for ABT because I'm sure yeah. they wowed him. And, and you know what? Maybe the tight end class, there's no Kyle Pitts, but there are a lot of above-average tight end prospects, in, I, I, I think. And I think a lot of people also think that in this class. And maybe they don't break the bank for Schultz. And maybe they... They target some of these guys, Cole Turner, Charlie Kohler, Trey McBride, Isaiah Likely, Jeremy Rucker. Maybe that's the plan. And I know people will probably fume during free agency for them not going after like Schultz or any of, any of the other big tight ends. But maybe it's, it's all part of their plan. And we can't really know that until the draft happens and until free agency happens. So like, it's a lot of stuff that we're in the dark on. And we can make all these assumptions. and call for their jobs, but the tough thing about the offseason is that you can't really grade it until it's complete. Yeah, that's the spot-on thought to how it all can and will evolve. In the tight end room, like, we're just asking for 500 yards from a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I, do agree with what you said, that we don't know, and if they don't take Schultz, like, there's options. Like, they don't go after Schultz, there's options. They can, they will have the opportunity to select like, just find a tight end who could literally get – I mean, you want to raise – you want to lower the bar even more. Like, can you clear 250? Can you clear 300? <laughs> 250. Like, we're just – Gross. That's such a yeah, – I mean, that's that's what we've been watching the last few seasons now. Like, I know. We are just asking for 500 yards and, like, five uh, – yes, I will say, like, four to five touchdowns. The last, <laughs> that's like – not okay. a crazy request. I'm sorry. The, it's not. The last okay tight end – season was probably Herndon's rookie year, right? With Darnold. Yeah, Great it's time. literally him, and honestly, it's all the way back to Dustin Keller. There's no one in between who was, like, actually decent. No Jeff Cumberland's, no <laughs> Will Ty waiver claims. <laughs> like, it's been that bad of a, a stretch at the tight end room. So, yes, you're correct. <laughs> Herndon's rookie year, that was it, really. Yeah, and, like, there's definitely disaster scenarios where they don't pay Schultz or get someone like Uzama, and then they just don't take a tight end in the draft, Like then we can say that there's an app. But unfortunately, until we see the full product, which is going to be another five months, really, everything's just going to be speculation, and we're just going to be on this podcast every week complaining about something. (laughs) 
everything is they, like set and settled. They run it back with the same group. It obviously is a complete F, and we'll say that now, and we'll say that again after the after free agency in the draft. That I, cannot happen. I don't think there is a position group where it wouldn't be a disaster if they brought everyone back. Basically, like, like <laughs> that's they, a fair point. They need to rehaul basically every every position. Not like yeah. drastically. They don't need to bring in a superstar for every place. They just need to make some small additions to some places. Just be, like that. I laugh when I say, it, but be a normal team. Like have depth. <laughs> Have quality depth and have like some solid starters, and you could you could win enough games to be in the hunt. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. There's no excuse to be complacent with any of these positions, really. Yeah, I mean the re- rebuilds don't take that long, and it's literally I laugh. It's not hard to just like take dart throws at skill players. And one thing I mentioned the tight end room, and I look, it's one example, but I. I was just intrigued about it after looking at Dawson Knox's college numbers. Like he didn't, and that's why I say box score does not tell at all. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna really tell the whole picture for any of these these prospects. Like Dawson Knox didn't do much in college. I, I mean, also was playing on an Ole Miss offense with everyone you could think of, <laughs> but and then, you know the names AJ Brown, uh, Moore, DK. So, I mean, there wasn't much opportunity to get the ball. <laughs> But I think his best season when he was around like two fifty yards in college. I, I recall looking at that, like right two fifty to three hundred. I think he ended up with like don't worry, like just find someone that you if you just find anything that you think you could really mold in someone that can and double that and get five hundred. Like we would all accept that Dawson Knox. Obviously, we all would. Like he's really he's really a guy that could I think consistently. Produce what what would I just asked for five hundred and five feet. I think this year might have been a little bit of a. I don't know. We'll see who was gonna gonna be that consistent or not. But I don't know if we'll ever reach what he just did again. But that's all five hundred five TDs. One of these tight ends can do that, and they and some of them did it in, in school. <laughs> so let's see them do it. He just had the dumb, but translate that to the next level. McBride will. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of good prospects in this senior bowl, and I I'm not gonna say I guarantee, but I have a very good chance that they'll leave with at least one guy from one of these teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I I think one other player I want to highlight that is getting a lot of interest. He's definitely an interesting player. He's not really developmental. Like he he will be a day one starter, but he can be better. He had a lot of good stats at Florida State. And uh, before we wrap up, he's one of my guys that I'm really interested in is Jermaine Johnson, the second edge rusher from Florida State. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's kind of being mocked all over the place. I know Connor Rogers likes him a lot. A, a lot of draft scouts do like him. They're just not sure if he's still like a developmental guy or if he's a day one starter, but He's one guy that I'm hoping Sal and the staff get to see because there, there's a lot of these edge guys that won't be round one selections and maybe they don't take one round one and they can get get one like Johnson or even Cameron Thomas, who was a, a force at San Diego State in the second round. And same thing with the, the guy from Penn State. It's definitely, a like you said, a unique opp- opportunity, a really good opportunity also to uh, get... The, 
get the chance to see all these guys. And I mean, we probably don't know like the majority of these guys, um, maybe like 50% of these guys, but at least the staff will get to know them and maybe they get higher on the draft board because of it. Yeah, you, you have my eye out more on John now. I didn't know much about him before really the mock, <laughs> the mock season began. So definitely think that could be an interesting option for them and, and one that would obviously would help, no doubt about that. And one thing, I'm, I'm going back to tight ends for a second I got myself thinking, like, uh, on the Knox thing. I think Jeremy Rucker could be on that Knox path. So just to give now, like, the actual numbers of what I was saying earlier, Knox's sophomore and junior year, sophomore year, 24 catches, 300 yards, 321 yards. His junior year before he left, nine sorry 15 catches 284 no tds in either year ruckert has 54 catches in three in four years at ohio state it's kind of a similar path this past year 26 for 309 three tds 2020 season 13 catches 151 five tds like that could be that type of player you get him in the hopefully the jets can build some more talent around the offense and you just plug him in into a tight end role like could that be your Knox who gets you that 500-ish yards and five TDs? Like, I don't think that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not asking for a, a massive jump. And I mean, also just incredible efficiency, Rucker, I have to say. 12, uh, 12 TDs on 54 catches. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I would love him. When, whenever I watch yeah. play, he just, like, passes the eye test. It just seems like that player who just in school didn't get the – just didn't get the, the pass – heavy options simply like well they were they were pass heavy but like yeah exactly what ohio state was throwing is yeah was throwing like five five stars were all gonna be they they were so (laughs) good that jamison williams had to transfer to alabama yeah it's (laughs) it's not his fault so that's all i just wanted to add that how like they could find that dawson knox type no doubt about it they just they need to execute and do it i I'm kind of banging the table for a rookie tight end, whether it's McBride or or likely in the second round, or it's Cole Turner, Kolar, Ruckert in the third or fourth rounds. I definitely want them to add someone. You got to leave with one, I think, regardless of paying a tight end or not in free agency. I double down, no problem with that. Like that's totally fine to do. And Ryan Griffin's still on the roster. It's not a lock he's cut. Don't forget that. I'm cutting him. <laughs> He's off the team. We we all wrote him off last year, and look what happened. Yeah, I know. You, realistically, though, yes, like he he, we we tease like they need a whole. Well, not tease. They do need a whole new tight end room, but it's it's probably a good possibility <laughs> that one of Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft is is brought back. Well, Griffin's already under contract, but that you see one of them on the roster by the start of the season. It's just like. It's the probably reality of it. <laughs> I would not be shocked. Agreed. But I would be shocked if they don't add a cool, talented player to the roof. <laughs> it would be a complete disaster. And yes. based on what you've been talking about, I would guess if you had to leave with any player, if you had to pick one player to just leave with from the senior bowl, I would assume you would pick McBride. It's yeah, McBride, no doubt. But I would be very happy also. There's plenty of names I would be happy here with. So it's, it's again, a hard... Well, I mean, there's not going to be 
not a disappointment or not a disappointment thing, but a lot would be happy with. But yeah, McBride, he, he, he's a Jet already. <laughs> <laughs> if they leave with any of these guys on the Jets roster, even like Jake Ferguson, not the best blocker, but a solid catcher, uh, like they they can do a lot worse than any of these tight ends on their team. Completely agree. <laughs> the bar is low. Not a hard one to clear. <laughs> Opportunities are there. Take them. I can't say any differently again. And I think if I were to choose, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go tight end. I won't go the easy route. I would say Zion Johnson right now. Shore up that right, right guard spot. Yeah, I think that would be a fine solution. I'm, I'm on board with that. But again, we'll we'll see if they spend the money. Like like I said, unless they get sheriff, there's really no right guard that wouldn't need competition. I agree, and I, and again, it's depth. That's that's something I know I've mentioned, and we've mentioned in these discussions. Like the depth was a massive problem this year. Like obviously they had some insane bad injury luck, but that thrusted a lot of players into playing time, and they need to make sure that they're capable players because <laughs> it was bad for certain ones. Like, could they find their backup left tackle? Maybe they could do that. Just, yeah, they got to find it. So all, all these names should be in consideration for O-line at any points. And I could just another one to mention, like, that's on the road. Like, you, you don't know what you have in Cam Clark anymore. Like, can't pencil him into any type of role. So, like, maybe I mean, you get your fourth, fifth round guard. Like, I don't, let's say, let's say you even take Zion Johnson early, maybe you find your extra guard who could become your, your top backup lineman who could be versatile. Like that's something they need to figure out because if they bring Feeney back, okay, but like they don't have anyone besides that at all. I mean, I've kind of written Clark off. Yeah, he's probably out of the picture of, of, of a role. I mean, hasn't played a snap in two years. And yeah, obviously unfortunately he got hurt this year, but you you can't guarantee I think I can't guarantee a roster spot to him. <laughs> we get a roll. Like it wouldn't be the worst thing to find like a swing tackle on yep. day day three. I will not accept Connor McDermott as your your primary backup left tackle. So if you, if you want to find that here too, do that. <laughs> it, it's kind of like pitchers. You can never have enough pitchers. You can never have yeah. an offensive lineman. Yep, I like that's a great comparison. Completely agree. Well, I have nothing else on the Senior Bowl. We will be tuning in. What time is it? Five. Uh, is it the five o'clock game next? Saturday? I'm honestly not even sure. <laughs> I just know it's, it's 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 next weekend. It is one a uh, one thirty Central Time. Okay. Two thirty Eastern, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so next next Saturday, February fifth, two thirty Eastern. It will be on the NFL Network. So, should be a good game. Excited to see our boy Ron Middleton as the head coach. We forgot to mention that. Riverboat Ron is back. Chance to go 2-0. and His career <laughs> counts, no doubt, for him. <laughs> All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at the Good, the Bad, and the Jets Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Good, Bad, Jets Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at BeFerrisVerified. Yep. Thank you, Brandon. As always, you can check me out on Twitter 
at sfine824103. And on TikTok, at NYJetsSK824. You know you can't make the joke now. I'm going to TikTok try to be more cons- <laughs> I'm going to try to be more consistent with it. At least a couple of weeks is my goal. I know so far I only just gave like a wrap up season thoughts and what they need to address like positional wise, not names yet. Definitely want to do like I know you last year like keeper cut uh, and who I want them to target. So on me to put it out there. We'll uh, again we'll Plan is to continue that consistency. <laughs> We're very excited to see the TikToks back in action. Everyone's been waiting for them. It's it's fun. Like I love the comment we got. I yeah, on one of them already. Yeah. Like about about my thoughts and what they need to do to what they need to target to rebuild on the roster. And comment was everything. You or the first said you need to get everything. Basically, a whole new team. I was like, I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, well, I, I actually just didn't say anything down, but that was my response in my head. You're not wrong. <laughs> they, there's no position where they can be complacent with. They have to do something with every position. And if they don't, if there's a position that they don't touch, that's not good. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because, like, it's just so true. And it's like, it's, it's like silly for us to say, but it's just like, you can't. I, I don't know. I got nothing else to say to that. I'll just I'll leave with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, for those of you who got hit with the snowstorm, we hope you're all safe. It's still snowing here in in the city. With that, we uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the NFL playoff games, and as always, make sure you stay positive and test negative. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I'm not going to do that.